In a year of nail-biting uncertainty with openings and closings and days of hope, followed by nights of despair, the 36th annual Santa Barbara Film Festival will open on Wednesday, March the 31st and continue until Saturday, April the 10th. It will not look like a normal year. Downtown theatres are still closed. The major events, above all the award ceremonies, will be online, which is where the movies will be available as well. Nevertheless, while scaled back some, the festival will still provide, as always, an exciting window into the state of world cinema and a showcase of international talent. A fair proportion of the films on offer this year will be seen on actual screens, courtesy of City College, which will be converting two parking lots down by Cabrillo Boulevard into drive-in cinemas. Patrons with passes will be able to schedule their viewings in advance as will those with tickets to individual films. A lot of attention has been paid to comply with health rules and to preserve as much as possible the film-going experience we still all pine for. I talk about the programme and the necessary adjustments to the climate we're in with Roger Derling, Artistic Director of the Festival, and two of his senior programmers, Audrey Arn and Mickey Dozdovich. We began with a brief nod at some of this season's best movies, many of which have been recognised this Oscar season by nominations to participating stars, along with the artists behind the scenes. This has been a particularly strong season, by the way, for a series of powerful films resurrecting crucial chapters in black political and cultural history. The festival honours this fact through its timely invitations to a number of stars. They include Delroy Lindo for his performance in Spike Lee's Vietnam drama, The Five Bloods, Andra Day channeling Billie Holiday in USA versus Billie Holiday, Kingsley Benadir for One Night in Miami, and Leslie Odom, who wrote the original song, I believe, in the same movie. We should also mention other memorable movies in this bracket, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, based on uh, this, the film version of August Wilson's great play, and Judas and the Black Messiah, which relates the FBI murder of Black Panther leader Fred Hampton in Chicago 50 years ago. On a less solemn note, the festival will give its Lifetime Achievement Award to Bill Murray. Mickey Dustovich was particularly delighted by this choice for an actor he grew up with in films like Groundhog Day and Meatballs. Well, I was, I was super excited to find out that we were honoring Bill. Um... It's, uh, he's actually one of my uh, favorite actors uh, from growing up from the 80s and 90s. Groundhog's Day, Ghostbusters. Um, I always loved all of his, his comedy. He always has a, um, he always has spot on comedic timing. And he really like, uh, with Ghostbusters, he ended up actually stealing the show where he ended up taking lines from people because he was, he was so funny. And then, um, you know, Cannonball, like all of all of his uh, meatballs, the, like all those '80s classics were like what I grew up on. So he uh, he holds a he holds a special place in my heart. Murray, of course, is not just a simple clown. He portrays alienation in Sofia Coppola's Lost in Translation, and offers a similar tone of melancholy, even pathos, in a couple of Jim Jarmusch movies, Broken Flowers and Limits of Control. Roger Durley agrees. That also carried over to that melancholy that you're talking about, carried to Sofia Coppola 
Uh, work with Murray and Lost in Translation and, um, yeah. you know, where, where there's this sense of ennui in, in, in the character of, of Bill Murray. I mean, he's got a lot of, he's got, I'm using big words, he's got a lot of pathos as a, I mean, he, yes, he's got, he's got this very comedic, um, he was known as a clown um, but he's a terrific actor. He's, a, I mean, think also his work with in Wes Anderson films. He's, he's terrific, you know, uh, The Life Aquatic and The Royal Tannenbaums. And he's, 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 um, he's, um, he's got a lot of metal. We also touch on the career of British star Carrie Mulligan, who will receive this year's Cinema Vanguard Award for her role in, in Promising Young Woman directed by Emerald Fennell. Part comedy, part revenge movie, with a strong message for young women and those men who may choose to prey on them. Roger, who's had the good fortune to see Mulligan on the stage in London playing Chekhov, also praises her for a strong support of women directors breaking into the industry. Roger also took us through the Big Dipper anxieties he and his planners endured during official orders for lockdown, countermanded then by announcements of relaxation for crowded events. He and the team bounced back and forth between quixotic hopes and a prayer for miraculous once in a hundred years Brigadoon type village rising by the sea on our shores. In the end, the dream of a Brigadoon prevailed. There were Don Quixote-like dreams of building out movie theaters and parks outdoor, and 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 then as we got closer and closer to making a final decision, which was in November, when when the big, you know, another wave, a big surge we had in no, in November and lockdown, we realized that 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 dream of doing outdoor movie theaters and parks was not feasible and smart or safe and um and and i think we all cried for 24 hours uh distraught we just thought we were gonna go just online and and then 24 hours later um uh the um this other quixotic dream of doing drive-ins at city college um materialized and and um and it we're excited about it. I mean, you know the film Brigadoon. Every 100 years, something, this beautiful village appears. And, and you know, this is, let's hope that this setup that we're doing this year is only going to be a Brigadoon sort of effect. It's only going to be every 100 years. Um, and, um, I'm actually excited about it because of the rarity of it. It's, it's exciting because of the rarity of it, the extraordinary qualities about it, and the fact that the show must go on. Mickey Dozovich explained the reduction in the number of films in the festival this year as a result of enforced changes in production schedules, courtesy of the COVID pandemic. The programme still includes over 50 movies, American and International, as against the usual 130 plus in a regular year. The main thing about the programme this year and 
because we have we weren't able to take our usual 130 feature films. Um, we 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 wanted to focus on our obviously our competition sections, but I also didn't want to lose all those other um, little sections that we have: screen cuisine, yeah. um, above and beyond of sports films. And so I kind we kind of made a decision to um, put them throughout our competition section. So if um, like Kolnoa, we made sure there's an Israeli uh, documentary in the, um, in our competition. So people who enjoyed our Kolnoa section can come and check out that film. Uh, mm. above, above and beyond, we made sure there's a surf film in, in competition and a film about basketball, Alaska Nets. And we wanted that to still stand. And our nature section, we couldn't have it, but I wanted to make sure like conservation game came in because it's such a strong film about big cats and what they're trying to do and saving, saving those cats, which that documentary is very eye-opening. Um, it actually will make you rethink what, what, um, what is going on with these big cats with, with Tiger King and everything. Um, what's going on with them on late night television, those cubs, you, you learn that these, these cubs, aren't where they're saying they're going. These cubs are sold on the streets, black markets. You watch them on uh, Tonight Show and you go, oh man, these, these cubs are so like great. And then they say, oh, it belongs to a zoo. It belongs to this. And that's not true. They're ambassador cubs, but after they leave the stage, they actually don't know where they go. So that documentary itself unleashes, like it's gonna ruin some people's childhoods because you're gonna, you're gonna see some names in there that you're like, how is this person involved with these cat trades? He and the rest of the team wanted to make sure that even with fewer films screened, pretty well every section the public has come to expect would be included. And that's why he emphasized the inclusion of the conservation game as a tribute to the late Mike Degree, the world famous cinematographer and environmentalist who promoted films about the environment and animal preservation was a great friend of the festival. And we wanted to make sure we highlighted that film because that Mike Degree started the nature section. I didn't want to get rid of the no. nature section. So we wanted to have at least something in there that plays towards our fans of our nature films and, and stuff like that. So that's, I wanted to make sure, uh, we wanted to make sure that everything was covered. So it feels like a normal festival, even though it's only 55 films. Yeah. In, instead of the 130, but it's 55 premieres, so I'm okay that, with it. Mickey himself has always managed to bring in excellent films from Scandinavia and Northern Europe. And there's a rich selection of Nordic cinema this year, too. Look out for films like Three Angry Women from Finland, Backyard Village from Iceland, Erna at War, Estonia, and Fear from Bulgaria. We moved on to a discussion of prominent themes of the festival, matching certain films with the subject matter, starting with the idea of family. A frequent pattern shows a return after a certain absence and the demands on individuals to deal with a crisis, perhaps a death or a mental instability. Here's Audrey Arne on the French movie, By Your Side. I felt like that film did a good job of getting into the nitty gritty of the trauma of family um, in, in a really honest way that I think French films are more 
feel more empowered to do so than sometimes American films. They, they, they're more willing to show that uglier or rough side, I think. And yeah. so they show this, this, um, this relationship between sisters with one, you know, with fragile mental health, like you said, who's very volatile um, and, and one who has, you know, we come to see the many ways in which she has had to be the adult of the entire family, not just of her sister, but, you know, as the film unfolds, we sort of see the dynamics between mother, daughter, and then, you know, mother and father and father, daughter. Um, so it's a really, yeah, I, really incredible film. Um, and we, you know, yeah, as I'm saying it, the, the family theme is definitely there. I don't know if that was conscious this year or just, you know, in the, in the, in the collective unconscious of the filmmaking world. The American film Broken Diamonds has a very similar pattern. That, that's, that came to mind too when I was talking about By Your Side is, yeah, Broken Diamonds has a similar story, um, not quite the same, but a similar dynamic of siblings, um, one who, you know, they're so, there, I think the dynamic between them is more so that the sister with the illness, um, you know, was, was the one that got the attention. She was the squeaky wheel of the family. And so I think the, the focus of that film is really about the brother contending with feeling like the other child that was maybe always in the shadow of the, the squeaky wheel sibling, now that their, their parents are no longer around and, um, you know, they, they, are the remaining family unit that need each other in this way. So that that film, um, yeah, similar similarly delves into um, just ideas of, of family and and what you know. I think the ways that that family dynamics can change and the way they should change as the family changes. Um, yeah, also really lovely film with with Ben Platt, who is of course a great new talent. Um, uh, so we're very excited to to be able to feature the world premiere of that as well and absolutely keeping in with the theme of, of family. The title of the Danish movie, Persona Non Grata, also speaks of rupture more than reconciliation. This, of course, is Mickey's bailiwick. Exactly. It's, it's actually one of our later ads. Um, it, was, it was a film that was added very, very like last minute with our... Um, <clears throat> yeah. I was able so to lock it like the day of our press release. And it's... It's really it, it's a comedy, and then but then it deals in so much drama, and yeah. and Nordic uh, cinema, their comedies aren't like our comedies. They're not, no, no. It's not and, as a separate genre. Yeah, and they meld into yeah. But it has such little hints and moments in it that it's it's delightful. But yet you're dealing with you're dealing with such um, serious topics, and to watch this. Um, young woman come back to her family but and try to like put herself back into a family she hasn't been around in a long time is actually so surreal to watch it's 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 quite interesting and it takes place on a farm so so the farm and is different than an american farm and you and you're just like this is very weird but it's shot so beautifully um amongst the like cows and the fields and the pastures and everything that you're you feel like you've been taken elsewhere outside of wherever you are you're in a whole nother realm watching these um watching these family come together amongst this farm the festival has always included a very strong component of movies highlighting the struggle for social justice appropriately that continues this year 
with a mix of documentary and feature films. My attention was drawn to the American drama directed by Nate Taylor, American Skin. It involves a black ex-Marine who tries to save his son from police violence. Mickey announced the director will actually be in conversation with Julius, Julian Snarble uh, about the making of this film, and KCSB will announce that once the date has been fixed. Audrey Arne gave a ringing endorsement to a documentary recording the efforts of an Idaho couple setting off in their camper, collecting signatures from regular citizens to demand an expansion of Medicaid, which had been cancelled in an act of great unwisdom by the Republican state legislature. Vivid example uh, of direct democracy at work. Audrey, whose parents live in Idaho, was very impressed by this exercise of direct democracy. It's, it's a documentary, Reclaim Idaho, that's the name of the film and of this movement. Um, the movement <laughs> was started by this husband and wife couple that um, saw how uh, thousands of people were going to lose access to Medicaid and, and that it's such a red state. Um, there's almost no Democratic Party preference. There, there, it's almost non-existent. It's a very weak presence in the state, which means that um, some of these issues that really are, are ultimately bipartisan, there, there's one narrative because there's not, there's only one narrative about it. Um, and so that's what this couple set out to do was do a purely grassroots campaign of talking one-on-one -on -one to people. And that's what they did is they traveled all across Idaho, speaking to people one-on-one, -on -one, um, took partisanship pretty much out of it and, and just you know, said, look, do you, do you want these Medicaid benefits that the funds are there? Do you want them to go to the people or do you want them to go back into some government account? This is what we're voting on. It's not partisan. We have, you know, the, the people are entitled to these benefits um, and they will lose them. And, you know, it's all, it of course ties into this whole greater debate about care in this country. But what I love about the film is that it's, it's normal people um, standing up and going out there and, and they were able, their efforts were successful. They were able to pass Medicare expansion. Finally, Mickey talked about a very moving story on the worst days of apartheid in South Africa, Poppy Noringa. The film is actually based on the autobiography of the protagonist. When her husband was no longer able to work, his wife, Poppy, was declared a non-citizen and removed from the land where she'd grown up and always lived, resettled forcibly in a barren area and exile in her own land. The producers, by the way, have been in touch with Spiff for a year wanting this film to open in the US precisely at our film festival. It's actually such a touching story and it's something that many people don't know what happened in South Africa. Right. Um, you're basically being ripped away from your, your family and being sent away because your husband can't work anymore. So uh, Poppy ends up, she's working, but now she's not a, considered a citizen anymore because her husband can't provide money into their economy. So it's, it's very interesting. She's uplifted and her family has to like worry and run because now they're, um, you have other tribes coming in and they're, and they're, they're killing through their neighborhoods. They're, they're shooting 
everyone there it's 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 very it's a like it's there's touching moments of the film but then it becomes so dramatic and like where you're just like heart like your heart hurts yeah you're, yeah you're watching her ripped away from her her kids and 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 everybody has to flee and it's all all due because you know it's 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 a it's a sign of it's in a way it's it's racism that took place that's exactly what it is it's racism that took place in south africa as always we're grateful to roger mickey and audrey for finding the time to talk to us and discuss the major events and trends of this year's festival once it starts we'll do our best to bring you interviews with a number of directors to discuss their work the program as always despite enormous difficulties and uncertainties is very varied and if you're able to get down to city college for some of the drive-ins and access of other movies on your home screens you will be richly rewarded for more detailed information go to the festival website sbiff.org and keep tuned to kcsb this is harry lawton reporting